Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Delora, how are you today, my friend? Hi, Ashley. I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Do you enjoy a little light torture every now and then? You enjoy a little, mm. little, you know, experimentation, some BDSM. I don't know what else you could put in that genre in that category, but do you enjoy a little, little pain and torment? I don't kiss and tell, Ashley. <laughs> Well, guys, the only reason why I ask is because on the show that we're recapping today, we could definitely say that she falls in the category of enjoying probably more than a little light torture because we're talking about <laughs> Wednesday Adams <laughs> in the series Wednesday, released on Netflix on November 23rd, 2022. Eight hour long episodes. I mentioned this during our headlines and hot topics episode last week that this was definitely on my list of faves from 2022. And according to Variety, Netflix announced shortly after its debut, the series set a new platform record for most hours viewed for an English language series in its first week with over 341 million hours. Since then, the show has grown to become the second biggest English language season of television on Netflix with over 1.2 billion hours viewed within its first 28 days, among other streaming series records. The series is already renewed for a second season. Very exciting. Let me give you guys a quick summary. While attending Nevermore Academy, Wednesday Adams attempts to master her emerging psychic ability, thwarting a killing spree, and solve the mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago. The series is executive produced and directed in part by the one and only Tim Burton. Cast. Wednesday is portrayed by the one and only Jenna Ortega, doing her damn thing in this a series. star she's a star morticia is portrayed by the one and only Catherine zeta jones gomez portrayed by louis guzman principal weems by gwendolyn christie enid by emma myers bianca by joy sunday xavier by percy hines white tyler portrayed by hunter duhan pugsley portrayed by isaac ordones Theme, portrayed by Victor Dorabantu, Miss Thornhill, played by Christina Ricci, the original of our generation, the original love, Wednesday. Love, love her. Dr. Kimbot is played by Ricky Lindholm. Sheriff Galpin is played by Jamie McShane. Uncle Fester is played by Fred Armisen. Joseph Crackstone is played by William Houston, and Mayor Walker is played by Tommy Earl Jenkins. Reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, 72% critic score, 
86% audience score and 97% of Google users gave this series a thumbs up. Delora, what is your grade for Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. So when I saw that this was coming to Netflix and I saw, you know, Tim Burton's stamp of approval and all I... (laughs) I sound like an old lady, but I'm every time I see Jenna, I'm like, she's a star. She's a star. (laughs) (laughs) This series was a joy. It was so much fun growing up, watching all things Adam's family, watching the original movies or our original movies, because it was a show, you know, in black and white. Right. You know, for even the generation before our parents. And so I just love that it was just the mixture of all the things I love. I love, I love a good high school drama. (laughs) I love a good mystery. I love a good goth moment, like love triangles. And then Wednesday, the fact that she was so straight laced throughout, throughout everything was so funny it was so funny like she was reading everyone for filth and I was here for it so it's an A how about you Ashley oh you know it's an A for me A plus I guess really since this is one of my faves (laughs) of 2022 let me go ahead and throw that respect on it I was definitely excited when this was announced. I love The Addams Family. I had a renewed love of the original films that you're talking about, Addams Family, Addams Family Values over COVID, because for some reason, I watch those repeatedly on mm-hmm. Netflix. Like, I don't know why, but they just still bring me so much joy. But I feel like I was excited because this was Wednesday's star turn. And mm-hmm. I... The, the two movies that I'm talking about and that we're talking about focus much more on Uncle Fester, both of yes. them. So yes. I don't feel like I really got a chance to know much about Wednesday outside of kind of the adventures when they got sent to that summer camp. So to delve deeper Legendary. into this, that Love monologue, watching that during Thanksgiving. That always. monologue she had during the, <laughs> the, the scene where they were supposed to be the Indians and or Native Americans and the pilgrims and all that, epic. And if you think about it, that thread line follows into this series because we talk yes. about pilgrims and early yes. settlers. Yep. So I appreciate in, that they kept that energy because that's absolutely Wednesday spoke big facts. And I love this delve deeper into her story as well as finding out more about Morticia and Gomez when they were younger and just, just all Mm -hmm. of it. Like I love Mm -hmm. the Adams family, I guess is the moral of the story. So it's an A plus for me. All right, let's get into the good, good guys. Spoiler alert. Let's get into it. Episode one, Wednesday, when we meet her in the series, gets expelled from Nancy Reagan High School. Love that they named it Nancy Reagan High School, by the way hilarious because she unleashed some vicious piranha on a group of jocks who were bullying her brother pugsley she doesn't even need him to name names because she saw the incident in a psychic vision that she mentions in her narrations to the audience she's recently been plagued by do you feel like this was an appropriate response to school bullying (laughs) 
No, of course not. Um, but it was pretty badass. I mean, I would never think of doing anything remotely <laughs> close to that, right? <laughs> Lives are on the line, but for her to act like she doesn't care about her brother because she's always threatening a beheading for him, you know, I love to see that I can talk about him, but you can't type of energy. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that when we meet her, she is, um, you're immediately getting set up with the idea that Wednesday is not to be fucked with, Avi, but also exactly. steal the family ties and the family closeness, closeness that we know of the Adams family is obviously still there. And, you know, even at her little stature, you come for Wednesday, you come for her loved ones, she's gonna handle it. So, Morticia and Gomez, in response to her getting expelled, enroll Wednesday in their alma mater, Nevermore Academy Boarding School, a school for outcasts, quote unquote. Wednesday is not happy about this decision, but I loved this setting because, again, it sets the scene to get additional history on Gomez yes. and Morticia's lives. Yes. So, you know, just this choice to incorporate their backstory was fun as in, from an audience perspective. I agree. Wednesday's much more vibrant and excited roommate Enid provides a school tour, fitting as Enid says she runs a vlog, which she dubs the number one source for nevermore gossip. <laughs> a girl after our own heart, right, Laura? Exactly. <laughs> We have the scene we've come to expect from many a teen project, the breakdown of the social scene of their school. At Nevermore, you have the four main cliques. You have the fangs, which are vampires, the furs, which are werewolves. Enid is a part of this group. The stoners, which are gorgons that have Medusa powers, and scales, which are sirens. The queen bee of the school, Bianca, is a siren, which I enjoy because of all the supernaturals that are featured, I probably know the least about sirens i'm not necessarily familiar with gorgons either but yeah. sirens intrigue me a little bit more because they have that whole mermaid quality but they're yes. also manipulative because they can control you yeah yeah actually that's what i loved a lot spoiler alert about wakanda forever dealing with namor and his fam you know the people who live in the ocean who have the power to allure you know, and it, of course, Queen B. So, of course, she's going to have an alluring quality to mm -hmm. her, right? What's drawing people to her? What are, what's her magnetism? And it also taps into, there's a lot of African lore about mermaids and the ocean and things along those lines that I feel like people need to be reminded of because there's always this association that, like, Black people don't get wet and... <laughs> <laughs> yes there's actually for some of the african countries on the coast on the continent black people who serve like <laughs> shocker <laughs> so i'm not gonna lie though her eyes took me off to you know was a little off-putting for me and it was so funny because i didn't hear the first time i watched it i didn't hear eden say that she was a siren so when i saw her i'm jumping ahead just a little bit um you know, going face to face with Wednesday, I was like, 
those aren't her eyes, are they? And then I went on Instagram because like I do every time I watch a movie or TV show, especially at home, the phone is out. Google is Google and IMDb. Absolutely. Out. And I'm like, who is this girl? Okay, no, Checking these are her all real eyes. <laughs> Checking all the facts. Yeah. I mean, they made it seem pretty authentic because I would imagine yeah. that they would have to have different eyes if they're underwater creatures and all that sort of thing but you kind of answered the question I had which was did you enjoy this supernatural take on high school clicks which it sounds like you did yeah it was something you know I haven't seen outside of (laughs) um um, I brought this up and I don't know why I'm bringing it up again the descendants right like they play into you know fairy tale characters but again essentially it's supernatural I think it's cute and to your point I don't know much about Gorgons all I know is Medusa frankly you know and so yeah you um, wouldn't think about it necessarily as being a power that is heavily available out there you know in terms of you know what someone would possess because we haven't really seen it in our other projects but I mean it was just a departure it was an interesting departure because usually what is it vampires werewolves fairies yes you know those are the bigger ones the big ones yeah fairies and witches and witches yeah how could I forget witches duh right also I was surprised we were expanding on that because when it comes to the Adams family, they really didn't elaborate on their weirdness, quote unquote, right? Like, yeah, you had an uncle that was all hair, but I didn't know. Cousin it. You know, that type of, this is like an expansion of that universe, right? We only thought like the Adams family were in some ways insular, right? The world is still normal, but this family is just weird, right? Now it's like, oh no, there's parts of this world that that's weird. No, that's a great point that it they're not just the weird family that lives in a normal society, that they live in a society of supernatural abilities. I definitely appreciate that as well. Cause obviously we'd love a supernatural yes. every a supernatural moment. So yes. they gave us they gave us everything we needed. Gomez left Thing behind at Nevermore to keep an eye on Wednesday, which she quickly discovers and recruits Thing to do her bidding and try to help her escape. Because for some reason, Wednesday's goal is to run away from school, but to do what exactly? She's only 15 when we start this series. Where does she think she was going to go? One thing I love about Wednesday, she is a self-possessed young woman who has clear (laughs) goals and aspirations. I have no doubt she was going to be fine, but I kept wondering, you do so well at school. I guess you just like, I'm done with this. I'm ready to go out into the world. It's her having a, re- having a mentor slash uh, nemesis relationship with the author of Frankenstein. Like who, who creates that even in their mind? Like, oh, this person in history is Mary role, Shelley, but my goal is to be her by two years and whatever like you know what I mean like you know that's 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 very that was a very Michael Jordan moment I feel like you know when you just create grudges in your mind to help you achieve goals that's what that is yes and to that point you really lead me into my next thought which is that this version of Wednesday she's arrogant but she's gifted right 
She's a writer. She can fence. She gets perfect grades. She can read Italian. She can fight. She builds and fixes equipment. She plays the cello. What can't Wednesday do in this series really is the question. Seems like anything she puts her mind to, she has developed a skill for. Capable though. She was always. She was always capable, but this series took her skill set, I think like to another level because it's one thing to know how to do things it's different to excel at every single thing that you do and that was great I love to see that especially in a young female character yes but in some ways she's not doing time-sucking activities either like social media (laughs) she does not believe in it she does not believe in it we all need a little more Wednesday in us I think exactly well, especially when she said, I dedicate an hour a day to her writing. I'm like, yes, sis. But then she had, had the cutting remark that, oh, Enid, if you did the same, maybe <laughs> maybe your vlog would be you know, legible or you yeah. know, readable or whatever she said. I'm just like, Jesus, you are too mean. Fell. She read everyone too fell. <laughs> yeah. And yet everyone was attracted to her in one way or another. It's fascinating. Wednesday encounters the townspeople of the nearby city Jericho for court-ordered therapy, and they are not very welcoming to Nevermore students, to say the least. But she does spark up a relationship with the sheriff's son, Tyler, who is willing to help her get out of town. In this episode, she also sparks a connection in Wednesday's way with Xavier, Bianca's ex, who saves her from being killed by a falling gargoyle statue. Apparently, this was him returning the favor from her, saving him when they were 10 years old. Fellow student and outcast amongst outcasts, Rowan, who Wednesday had defended, tries to kill Wednesday twice. He was behind dropping that gargoyle and tries to finish the job in the woods, all due to some premonition and drawing his mother had done 25 years earlier that predicted Wednesday would take part in destroying the school. She's saved by a wolf-like monstrous creature that kills Rowan. This attack helps explain a series of murders going on outside of the school, which the sheriff had lied and dubbed bear attacks. The sheriff, it's of note that he also hates Gomez Adams, her father, because he feels he should be in prison for a murder in their past. Delora, this was a lot to unpack in one episode because this all happened within Wednesday's first week of school. Absolutely. But she was quite intrigued. She hopped on a call with the film and was like, listen, I'm down for this now. I'm excited to be here at Nevermore Academy. That made me chuckle. That made me chuckle. I'm like, of course you would be. And I love that about the (laughs) (laughs) In episode two, somehow Rowan is alive and reappears at school after the events of episode one. Makes Wednesday seem like she's lost her mind. But it's revealed to the audience that it was Principal Weems and she is a shapeshifter. Wednesday admits to Thing in this episode that her greatest fear is that she'll be responsible for something terrible. Was that a surprising revelation to you given Wednesday's affinity for what we would deem as violent? (laughs) There you go. Danger, all of it. Yeah, for me, it was like, so what's the definition we're using today? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised by that, but I enjoyed her relationship with Thing 
in the series yes and kind of the push and pull of you know their family but she treats him terribly but she still you know loves and appreciates thing the way I guess she loves and appreciates anybody in a very Wednesday like fashion and um to that point in terms of family dynamics I really don't remember Wednesday being so in antagonistic towards her mother she wasn't I didn't think so like so in this series it's very teen angsty very like I don't want what you have and also very teen like thinking you know everything right so it's like oh I don't want to just be at home and you know with waiting for my husband or whatever whatever and it's like oh you don't really know their story (laughs) she didn't really know their story right again 15 they definitely haven't shared everything with you just yet so chill out the bianca wednesday rivalry was turned up a notch with the annual poke up in this episode very harry potter like to have some type (laughs) of competition for the I'm students. You, it's the blending of all the faves, right? Yes, all the A little all bit of the Twilight, faves. a little bit of Mean Girls, a little bit of, what's the other one we talked about? Carrie. Carrie is going to be yes. a part of this. Yes. So they definitely picked and pulled from, and even Clueless. I mean, they picked and pulled from yes. a lot of teen comedy dramas from, from our era. And this the poke up was a school tradition with no rules. Wednesday and company won. But what did you think of this dynamic between Wednesday and Bianca? Did you take a side? Did you feel like Wednesday was coming in hot? Did you feel like Bianca deserved to be dethroned? What'd you think? I feel like the rivalry between Wednesday and Bianca had a lot to do with ego on both sides. So Bianca feeling insecure about the new girl, right? Like there's competition. And then Wednesday being great, but never having to have that tested really. And like, she has never had anyone really go toe to toe to her like that. Very true. And so was I choosing the side? Of course I was choosing Wednesday, but Wednesday, she's she's not what I would call an anti-hero, but she's not always easy to root for. I have to be honest, casting this Bianca person as her nemesis was hard for me to, to, to just actively root for Wednesday. I was conflicted sometimes. I was like, yo, I don't know if I'm necessarily going for Wednesday. I know as her being the main character of this series, that's what y'all want for me to do. But I mean, Bianca's been running the show for a while. She's definitely good at all of these same things that Wednesday is good at, if not better in certain ways. Like when she bested her in fencing, the only thing I, yeah. only thing that frustrated me in that moment was that I felt Bianca was being a bully. So with yes. that scene, it was like, well, you know, go ahead Wednesday, go ahead and knock her down a peg or two. But there were a few other scenes I was like, mm, I don't know, because, you know, you're coming in and there's this this heat between you and her ex. That's always going to cause friction and, you yeah. know, the dynamic in class. And just I was like, mm, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I will say this, though. I I do feel like 
between the two of them, I probably leaned a little bit more on Wednesday side only because Wednesday wasn't gunning to beat Queen B number one yeah. chick head That's in charge true. or whatever. She so just... for me, it was like Bianca being threatened over her insecurities. But it's like, if you really looked at what Wednesday wanted, she didn't want what Bianca had. That's very true. Her own, her mere presence was causing an issue that she never tried to cause. But at the same time, Wednesday is a very, can be very off-putting because she can be rude. (laughs) Let's be honest. She is rude. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be honest. So again, that's why it's like, it's not just so cut and dry for me. (laughs) It's like the same time, but you were like, even her dynamic with Enid, like I, I was like, yo, Enid, smack her. Like, do not let her talk to you like this. Not but, right. Oh, one of my not favorite violence. tropes. <laughs> not um, grumpy sunshine, right? <laughs> Literally. When Wednesday said that she was allergic to color and the side effects that would ensue, I was like, they are fooling. They are <laughs> fooling. But yo, they made me. an exception for her even with the school uniform to accommodate that. So... You know, they were playing into it a little bit with the way that Wednesday was, for sure. Lastly, as a part of episode two, I appreciated the inclusion of that signature, two snaps. That was uh, the secret to unlocking the student society, the nightshades that Wednesday Mm -hmm. had been looking for, for the connection to Rowan and that book that he tore that picture of her from. So appreciate the callback to that version of the Adams family. In episode three, Wednesday was less than thrilled with the Nightshade squad once they were revealed, complete with her nemesis Bianca and her potential boothang Xavier. But she got what she needed, the book with the prophecy that includes a mysterious pilgrim who turned out to be Joseph Crackstone, Jericho's quote unquote founding father. It's outreach day at Nevermore Academy, Delora, in which the school students go to Jericho to volunteer and mingle with the townsfolk. Did this free Labor Day, because let's call it what it is, seem purely political to you? Because you had Principal Weems apparently even talking about how she made a generous donation to the mayor's reelection campaign. Of course, everything's political, Ashley. (laughs) Even the whitewashing of the history. Like, what sense does it make to have a group of students who are descendants of people who were clearly oppressed by this community and its founding father? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I feel like it's, this is when we start getting into the not just know your history, but how much of, of the history did did all of these folks know about? Because when we start getting into the story of Joseph Crackstone and the, you know, atrocities that happened to outcasts, are we just, is everybody literally just overlooking that? Or is it like a lot of people just being ignorant and not actually looking into the actual town history and calling right. this man a founding father and wanting to erect a statue in his honor? where do we fall right but it was definitely super political and i mean literally political right it was a bonding between the principal of the academy and 
the mayor of the town in order to keep both of them intact, in order to protect him and his town, because a lot of the Nevermore funding went into the town. Yes. And then Principal Weems trying to keep everybody on the good foot so that, you know, basically the townspeople don't come with axes and fire and try to either burn the school down or shut them down, because that's oftentimes what happens. See, we're just like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're friendly. We're the friendly monsters. Ooh, it's giving me chills because it's like so gross. Yeah. Um, Wednesday had her most vivid vision to date in the episode and learns the fate of her ancestor from 400 years prior, Goody Adams, who Joseph Crackstone attempted to kill, burn, alongside others he deemed outcasts. At the unveiling of Joseph Crackstone's bronze statue in Jericho, Wednesday sets it ablaze with things help. Do you feel like this was a message sent or just her getting revenge for the vision that she saw? Do you feel like she was trying to let everybody else know that he wasn't fit to stand in the town square or was it purely for her own enjoyment? I think Wednesday does most things for her own enjoyment. <laughs> Agreed. She's not going around wondering what people think about her and her actions or words. Agreed. Very good point. <laughs> A major discovery this episode regarding that monster that killed Rowan and has been killing others is that it's human. Did you fear for Wednesday's safety once you found this out? And did anyone stand out for you at this point as a suspect? I did not fear for her safety because if the monster wanted to kill her, it would have done it in the first episode. Mm, okay. But it was obvious that this monster was on some type of rampage and it was hitting pretty close to home, right? But like most you know, mysteries, like one of my favorite tweets on Black Twitter, they're like, not Wednesday being Nancy Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you think about it, it was ironic that someone who does not care about much cared so much about uncovering these truths. Exactly. And so... <laughs> Like a good whodunit, just like our last recap for Glass Onion, there were multiple so uh, there were multiple suspects, right? So, I mean, it could have been anybody. It could have been Enid. Definitely, Tyler and Xavier were top two for sure. But I never thought Bianca or or Ajax or anything like that was a part of it. But yeah, the the guys for sure. I and never like I said, thought I, Enid, but that would have been a hell of a twist. Oh, I did because <laughs> don't let the rainbows fool you. <laughs> no, that would have been a hell of a twist. Ooh, that big reveal too. Ooh, that would have gave me chills if it had been Enid. <laughs> but I you also didn't trust Miss um, Thornhill either. She was a little bit too in the face for me. Oh, I picked out this plant for you. Oh, you're a normie? Why are you here? The first normie to ever teach at Nevermore Academy. I agree with you that Tyler and Xavier were at the top for me because I was wondering why they were interested or wanted to be close to Wednesday. Miss Thornhill, 
Also, Principal Weems was on my list. Very suspicious. Now, I will say with her, I didn't know if my suspicions was solely, like when I found out that she was roommates with Morticia, I was like, mm, there's some undercurrent here. Seemed like she had a chip on her shoulder. Yeah, and it's like, and she hadn't necessarily been the kindest to Wednesday either. Mm -hmm. Even having that quote-unquote history with her mother. So yeah, the principal was definitely, definitely a suspect, but she also felt like a pawn for covering up any and everything to keep the school open and running. Yeah, she just had these very weird lingering smiles that I didn't trust. <laughs> so it's like, why are you always in the <laughs> and shadows? She was always so perfect. Smiling. She was so perfect. Yeah, not a hair strand out of place. But that goes to show the image, like the 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 way she always was. She was trying to project this image. Yes, in order to be accepted into society which again very unfortunate but miss thornhill too don't i feel like at first the only reason why miss thornhill was on my suspect list because i was like y'all ain't gonna have christina ricci in here and she ain't gonna play some major she role. ain't gonna do nothing yeah she's just literally some plain ass teacher <laughs> exactly highly doubt it not our wednesday that's not <laughs> not our original wednesday yes. not today not tomorrow exactly <laughs> not ever exactly all right let's move on to episode four new clue on the monster this episode all of his victims have had body parts surgically removed so now these are not just obviously random killings there's a plan and there's a purpose behind whatever the monster has going on xavier is at the top of wednesday's suspect list speaking of who we thought may be may be behind it due to unexplained scratches on his neck and drawings he's done of the monster based on his dreams she initially asked him to the raven dance to get closer to him and goes to the sheriff to try to join forces in uncovering the truth brings the sheriff the monster's claw she discovered and a rag with xavier's blood to check the dna why do you think the sheriff went along with dna testing based on evidence from this 15 year old girl again with this being giving nancy drew vibes right <laughs> veronica mars no scooby-doo <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Velma. It's like, well, you're doing all the investigation. They did make him seem lazy. They did make it seem like he didn't actually do anything. He was always just following up on other people's wait, wait, wait. suspicions. Only murders in the building. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have to have the Scooby-Doo gang. <laughs> you have to have the Scooby-Doo gang do all the hard work. Yeah, I, that's, I, I felt like that's what it was, too, is he didn't have any release himself. So he's like... I guess. Why not? Might as well. Bring me the DNA form. Let's go. Xavier realizes Wednesday is only trying to get close to him because of her suspicions and decides to go to the dance with Bianca instead. This is when it started to rub me the wrong way. Like, you're not going to treat my good sis Bianca like table scraps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't like well, that. Well, it's like, I need for you to make up your mind. Like, are you with wednesday or bianca because obviously that was a major source of friction between the two as well yes yes, yes. i feel like he had made up his mind he was just he was just hurt after some interference and matchmaking from thing wednesday went 
to the dance with Tyler, who had been jealous that he wasn't initially invited. So were you team Tyler? Were you team Xavier? Or were you indifferent? They were definitely two different types of people. It was like, choose your own adventure, right? Do you want the brooding artist who's tormented by his dreams <laughs> or do you want the goofy ass you know normie vanilla he was vanilla Gigali, what do you want right so for me i think i've always leaned it towards xavier the broody <laughs> I'm like every time I think broody, my number one broody person in TV is obviously Jon Snow. I'm always like, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it. Something about the wounded, the wounded bird, the like, wounded bird. Trope. You know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> John was just so innocent too. That was another layer on him. He was so innocent. And it's like I'll teach you things. <laughs> Y'all can't see my face, but hmm. <laughs> I felt like if I had to choose between the two of them, I'm team Xavier as well. I don't want to be not nice to that particular actor who played Tyler, but I didn't like, there's something about Tyler's face that I didn't like. It was like, he always had this same like look and like concern look and like the eyebrows squinted together. And I was like, there's just something about you that I just really don't like. And I just really don't trust. And I felt that way so early in the series. And it just like, I was like, I just don't, I don't really gravitate towards you as a person. So in that way, I was team Xavier, but at the same time, both of them were suspicious in various Very. ways. So it was like, Highly. I don't, I can't trust either of you because... that y'all really have Wednesday's best interests at heart. Xavier just kept popping up after some major event happened. It's like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah. So again, I, I probably lean Xavier, but at the same time, I could not trust, fully trust either of them. We are gifted in this in this episode, Wednesday's infamous dance scene in the series was Jenna Ortega choreographed herself and lists out in a tweet that she put out inspo that she took from various people, including Fossey's Rich Man's Frug, Lisa yes. Loring, Lenny Lovich, Dennis Levant, archival footage of golf dancing in clubs in the 80s, just multiple <laughs> sources. And people went nuts. I have to admit, when I first saw it, I couldn't take my eyes off of the screen. <laughs> I was so intrigued. I was so entertained. I was blown away by the every... actress and Wednesday doing yeah, this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there was like this grace to it as well, right? Definitely. And Wednesday takes herself so seriously. It was like, but you enjoy dancing? Would never. That was not on my bingo card at all. For sure. On our social media, literally every Wednesday, there's some version of someone doing that dance Mm -hmm. in our stories because I am not over it. (laughs) Iconic. My my favorite one has been um, the lady in the pool who does synchronized swimming. Her rendition of it was quite fascinating, but it's... There There was a little girl, a video of a little girl who did it so spot on. I was like, how are you probably at the age of like, she had to be no older than 10 
this spot on with this impression of this dance. It was flawless. I and love Jenna, it. And Jenna was, was apparently say, battling COVID when she yeah. did this dancing. Yeah. I was going to say, what I love about this part too is like, she's so pretty, right? She's so pretty. And I love that dress. Yeah. Like, the dress played a major role in that dance too for me. Cause I was just like, you just, you can't take your eyes off of her. Like you said best scene of the entire series for sure <laughs> yes the mayor's son lucas also asked enid to this dance but it was a setup with the other jericho local boys who had already caused trouble wednesday she had to beat them up like twice this was all to get back at the students for the statue incident so this is when the carry reference came in they carried them with red paint in the sprinkler system Wednesday's fellow B-Club member Eugene almost gets himself killed in this episode, staking out the monster's cave against Wednesday's advice. She had to go on to the dance. She said, wait for me. Don't do anything. But Eugene went on anyway. She ends up seeing it in a vision and rushes to help him along with Miss Thornhill. Why didn't Eugene just wait? Why would he take matters into his own hands? Defenseless. I like to call him my little baby bumblebee because he was so adorable he was he just wanted to feel wanted and i think he thought this was his opportunity to do something to bring something back to wednesday but it was ill-advised for sure in the middle of the night with a a freaking creature on the roam no thank you this is when kids are a little too fearless for me like you had no you couldn't even defend yourself against humans let alone some monster <laughs> out in the woods in in the night. Exactly. Come on, Eugene. Episode five, guys. It's parents weekend. And Wednesday spends it trying to figure out the details to the alleged murder Gomez committed 32 years prior as a student at Nevermore. In a flashback to the Raven Dance 1990, baby, we see Principal Weems as a student, while another student, Garrett Gates, falls to his death at her feet with a stab wound and Gomez looking down, holding a sword. Weems alleges it's all Morticia's fault. They were fighting over her when she talked to the police about it at the time. When Wednesday brings up the police file, an alleged murder during a family therapy session, Morticia shuts it down why do you think morticia was so defensive about revealing the truth i feel like she was defensive because honestly she wanted to keep it close to her chest i mean i feel like wednesday is definitely the type of child that would be able to handle this conversation however does everybody need to know everything <laughs> I feel like this was very old school. This was very much stay in a child's place. Why are you asking yes. these questions? This is none of your business. This is between me and your father. Your father was found innocent. Let it go. Leave right. it alone. If one of my parents what, had been accused what, of murder. Yeah. 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 I'm going to ask some questions. But my deal is you don't know your daughter enough to know she's going to want to find out. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. But the personality differences they emphasize so much between Morticia and Wednesday in this series, they are still very similar. They just have different approaches. So yes. I didn't know how this was going to resolve because I was like, Wednesday may be adamant, 
Well, Morticia don't play either. Don't let the sunny disposition she has fool you. <laughs> and she does not have a sunny disposition. <laughs> or the Adams family, she does. <laughs> right. Surprisingly, she represents love a lot more, you yes. know. Yes. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, Bianca and Enid had some issues with their own mothers during the weekend. Bianca's makes a surprise appearance requesting that she return to the morning song cult she's apparently part of, or her mother was going to out her as having sirened her way into Nevermore. That was a big revelation in the Bianca yeah. storyline. It makes you, so. it offers more insight into why she's so rub so much against Wednesday because she's fighting for her position at all times yes and you know when you're used to fighting you don't know when to stop right yeah and so yeah yeah and Enid's mom tries to send her to a conversion camp for werewolves because again she hasn't wolfed out yet and it's apparently a big thing you can be essentially ostracized from your family and from your pack which that was interesting. Yeah. I had never heard that version of werewolf folklore before. <laughs> no, I haven't either. Why the emphasis on difficulties and mother-daughter relationships, you think? Oh, that's a great point. Because that episode was definitely, that was the through line for sure. I think it's important because if you think about it, that mother-daughter relationship goes through different phases through the young woman's life, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about teenagers and therefore that's some of the most difficult time right so especially when you're trying to navigate your own womanhood and knowing what you want out of your what you think you want out of life and what you've seen through your mother right whether that's a hell yes or a hell no right <laughs> <laughs> so it's always it's always a fascinating you know conversation and it's a tale as old as time. So mm -hmm. I think them showing that, I think helps humanize Wednesday in a way that, because again, we're talking about a young woman who's in extraordinary in all things. Yes. <laughs> yes. But her family dynamics, you know, shape her, shapes her into being who she is, you know? 1000%. When the coroner allegedly commits suicide and leaves a note claiming to have falsified the coroner's report for that Garrett Gates murder, the sheriff has the proof he needs to arrest Gomez. Morticia confesses to Wednesday to actually being the one that killed Gareth to save Gomez, and he took the blame for her. Wednesday and Morticia dig up Garrett's body to confirm Wednesday's suspicion that he was poisoned they get arrested for it but in a vision Wednesday sees that it was Garrett's father who gave him nightshade poison and that that poison broke in his pocket during the fight with Gomez and that really was what ultimately would have killed him the plan had been to kill all the students at the school because the Gates family as a descendant of Joseph Crackstone hated outcasts the mayor knew about all of this, Delora. He'd been sheriff at the time and he covered it all up for his own sake and reputation. Drops charges against Gomez after a visit from Wednesday and Morticia. Thanks to this walk down memory lane via the school yearbook, Wednesday finally discovers that Principal Weems is a shapeshifter. When confronted, Principal Weems declares to doing what's best 
for the students and the school. Do you agree with the decisions that she's made, particularly covering up the murder of Rowan? And are Weems and the mayor the same? Absolutely. They are opportunists who are both driven by their public image, right? Optics. All optics and by any means necessary. So, of course, she acted like she was Rowan because I I feel like, I don't know if they were able to really express it in the series, but I always felt like the undercurrent with Principal Weems was the, was like the school is holding on by a thread, right? In terms mm-hmm. of its ability to exist, its ability to stay in this community. And there was like a level of desperation whenever something came up that she was like, how can we nip this in the bud as fast as possible? Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like the mayor did that for the city as well. I feel like the only difference that I took away from it was that the mayor seemed like his motivations were more selfish than Principal Weems. It felt like he didn't necessarily even care about the town. He just Mm. liked the stature that he had as being the mayor. Whereas I really Mm -hmm. do feel like Principal Weems cared about the school and about Mm -hmm. the students. I just don't think she necessarily always had the best strategy for how to deal with that. But that's hard to judge. I I was in my mind right now as you were talking, comparing her a little bit to Professor Xavier and X-Men and thinking about what would Professor Xavier do? He also was charged with caring for a school of mutants, of outcasts, and that balance between keeping all the students safe. Did he tell the students everything when all those major events happened in X-Men? Or did he only tell those main professors, Wolverine, Jean Grey, all of them who needed to know to help protect Right. And keep everybody safe. You know, I think that's a hard balance, especially when you are a minority class of citizen that is under threat. Like, I feel like it's a little, the stakes are way higher. So I do, I agree. That's, that's the main differentiator for me. So I was like, Wednesday, maybe go a little bit easier. Cause if you were in this position, you don't know all of what you would have to do either to keep the ship upright, to right. keep everybody intact. So that's that yeah. was my only takeaway from that. I, I had to give Principal Weems a little bit of grace. Let's that was good example with X Men. Thank you. Let's move on to episode six. It's Wednesday's sweet sixteenth birthday, and while her friends lure her out to Crackstone's crypt for a surprise party, she's much more interested in summoning her relative Goody to help understand and control her psychic abilities. During the scene, I was thinking like, what did y'all think Wednesday's response was going to be? Did y'all think she was going to be excited? This is Wednesday. The question is, do you know her? Right. Do you really know her? Y'all brought her a cake. Like, that's so just not on brand for how Wednesday would want to celebrate her birthday. I'm like, look at her collecting friends. Location-wise, though, on the nose, they had that together because <laughs> because it helped her continue her investigation, right? And at the end of the last episode, fire will rain was burned onto Nevermore's lawn. And when she gets to the crypt, she realizes that's also etched in Latin on his crypt. Clearly not a coincidence. Mm. In another vision, Goody warns her that Crackstone is coming and then directs Wednesday to the Gates family mansion. The mayor gets hit by a car 
on his way to tell the sheriff his thoughts on what's going on after also visiting the Gates mansion. Clearly, he was on to something. Wednesday tricks her Scooby-Doo gang of Enid and Tyler into checking out the Gates mansion with her. Now, as a Black person, there is no way in the hell I would have joined Wednesday in her house search. How you feel about that? <laughs> like, I, you not, uh, mm -mm. and if I drove too, I'm gonna see y'all later. You have fun. <laughs> I would not be volunteering as tribute. For no. That. No, thank you. No. no. And split up. And you want me to go to, you want me to go to the other side of the house. Oh, you got me all the way fucked up. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> And we live in a world where people are trying to revive the dead. No, thanks. Girl, because what all did they find in that house, right? They found the car that was used to hit the mayor. They yes. found an altar to Joseph Crackstone with fresh candles. Yes. They found Laurel Gates' room, Garrett's sister, cobwebs cleared, bed made, even though she allegedly died 25 years ago. And they find all the missing body parts from the monster's victims in the basement house of horrors <laughs> absolutely the house is cleared out when wednesday makes it back with the sheriff and he's pissed because tyler was attacked by the monster apparently forbids her from seeing him and pursuing the case enid's pissed too and she moves out for a little bit was wednesday being reckless and putting people's lives in danger in this episode yes 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 it's like we're still talking about teenagers I know you're extraordinary Wednesday, but not everybody, you know, the game ain't for everybody. And you also can't protect everybody. Even if you're confident in your own abilities to yes. protect yourself, you could have really gotten them killed. Absolutely. Let's wrap the series, Delore. We are to episode seven and eight. More dead bodies to add to the count as we approach the end of the season, including Mayor Walker, who was murdered in his hospital bed. Uncle Fester comes for a visit wanted for armed robbery because it couldn't be without incident and he identifies the monster as a hide as in Jekyll and Hyde sends Wednesday to the diaries of the Nevermore founder in the Nightshade library for more information hides are unlocked through trauma hypnosis or chemical inducement and controlled so very Frankenstein-esque right that there's a monster but there's also a master that is pulling its strings right but you know when you live in the world of supernatural I guess everything's on the table because a hide was not something I would have come up with at all no um and then even just the way they created this lore right having someone control it versus the you know classic story of Jekyll and Hyde yeah I guess the Jekyll and Hyde portion is just supposed to be the fact that you're going it from human yeah yes. to monster yeah. but for sure that's why it's me Mary Shelley Frankenstein yeah you gotta add that level in there as well Tyler finally got Wednesday on a date because for some reason he still wanted to even after the alleged attack and took her to Crackstone's crypt and decked it out for a picnic and a movie this was a funny scene because he said it was a scary movie and it was legally blonde. <laughs> but the look on Wednesday's face was horror. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, read the room. <laughs> 
I've loved it. I thought it was very, again, talk about do they know Wednesday. He knew that that was going to be something that was going to rub her the wrong way. So for her, it was a scary movie. Yeah, it was. Thing but I'm still is, surprised he showed it to her, though. But that was cute. Thing is stabbed and almost killed while guarding that damn diary. I have never been so emotionally attached to a hand before. And we even finally see some emotion and actual tears from Wednesday. So... I am just completely talking about some behind the scenes type of stuff in all that the hand was actually a man's hand that mm-hmm. whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Like what type of hand exercises does he do on a regular basis to not like cramp up? Like they his hands are so expressive. Too. They searched for him too. I mean, it was, it was, he's, he's a pro. So he did a phenomenal job. Because again, I was very emotionally attached to Thing. I was like, y'all cannot, how y'all gonna kill Thing right. in this series? Wouldn't be right. Wednesday suspects Dr. Kimbot, her therapist, as the master and Xavier as the monster. But when Dr. Kimbot is killed as well, Wednesday frames Xavier and gets him arrested. But K, surprise, surprise, Wednesday was wrong, guys. By kissing Tyler, she has a vision and sees him kill Dr. Kimbot and transform. She kidnaps him with the help of the nightshades and tries to torture him, but is busted by the sheriff after the nightshades bail and go to Principal Weems. What were your thoughts on the confrontation at the police station between Wednesday and Tyler when he finally reveals the truth? You can't always fall for that G-golly attitude, right? I knew it. I was like, I had never liked your face, bruh. Um, it reminded me of that term called masking, right? You you know, you were talking about that constant crease. It's like, yeah, he was he was working overtime. Working overtime. I do love the fact that she was like, of course, my first kiss is with a killer. <laughs> <laughs> with a psychopath. It I find those scenes both disturbing and delicious. In yes. series and in movies, when the killer or when the real plans and you see that mask fall from the person's face and they evolve into who they really are. And in his yeah. case, what struck me the most was him saying that at first he was innocent. He didn't know what was going on, but then he came to enjoy the killings. And I was like, oh, so you're too far gone. There's no saving you. Yeah. We didn't know at this point whether the monster when we met them was going to be in control. But clearly, Tyler, he's a killer. But my mind immediately went to Xavier though, because I'm just like, he really was just invested. (laughs) And you framed him. You framed that boy. There's no coming back. I'm sure there is a pathway, but it'll be a long one. A long winding path. (laughs) And what bothered me once this grand reveal came out too, as you think about it, he was so similar to Wednesday and he was telling her, troops about i had this dream and the claws came out and attacked me just like how she has visions and i just happened to be in this place and i always had your back and it was like but she never had xavier's back in the same way so that got to me too i was like imagine if nobody ever believed you about all the crazy stuff that you do and have going on that was xavier he had no one you left him out in the lurch and framed that man for murder But I'm not going to lie. Because he ain't even got no parents around. My theory, my theory was like, oh, he's out here dream, drawing up his dreams and his dreams are coming to life, right? Mm, Like that that was, 
that was my understanding and like whether it was intentional or not I thought we were going down that path but yep innocent as can be it was Tyler all along yes yes shout out to WandaVision exceptional out out. check out that recap Weems expels Wednesday she said it's enough no more bargaining no more talking get out of the school but Eugene wakes up from his coma before she goes and gives her the clue she needed to realize that Mrs. Thornhill is actually Laurel Gates. When she confronts her with Weems pretending to be Tyler, Miss Thornhill kills Weems with nightshade poison and knocks Wednesday out. Had you figured it out already at this point that it was in fact Miss Thornhill? Was there any clue before she discovered it that made you say, "Mm -hmm." So at this point, it was the process of elimination, um, especially with this missing family member who was quote unquote presumed dead, right? And I was like, you do not bring Christina Ritchie into this series to do nothing. Yeah, and her not play a pivotal role, as we said. But you know, the moment I realized it was Miss Thornhill was when she was confronting Dr. Kimbot and she talked about flowers. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. You got that wrong, sis. It's the teacher who deals with plants. That has to be the connection. It's not just mm. your therapist. It's the person who deals in plants. That was the thing. Mm. I was like, oh, it's Miss Thornhill, bro. It has to be Miss Thornhill. So that was only like a little bit ahead of the grand reveal, but it was still really satisfying when they had that altercation in her conservatory or whatever you call it. But I didn't want Principal Weems to go. No, of course her. not. Can she come back? Like, this is bogus. I don't want this. And especially in this way, because Principal Weems had finally gotten on the same page as Wednesday and was finally yes. going to realize the truth and all of that. And I was wondering, too, because I was like, Tyler isn't this docile. What's going on with Tyler here in the background? So when that was revealed, it was like, ah, oh, we got her. Damn it. The grand plans Laurel had were to resurrect her ancestor, Joseph Crackstone, to rid the world of outcasts. Needed Wednesday as the direct blood descendant of Goody Adams, because when Goody killed Crackstone, she cursed his soul with a blood lock. The resurrection worked, and Wednesday is nearly killed, but thanks to some foresight from Morticia with that necklace, help from Goody, she lives. With assists as we round out this episode from Enid, who finally wolfs out, Bianca, and Eugene, she's able to kill Crackstone for good, capture Tyler, and to be determined on what she actually did with Laurel, aka Miss Thornhill. We see her kick her in the face, but where is she? (laughs) Yeah, we didn't get that closure. No. That's for sure. That's lingering. Wednesday hugging Enid at the end of the series definitely showed a lot of growth over the course of the season. I it's one of my favorite parts. I definitely got emotional. I did too. Especially because the way that Jenna Ortega hugged her was so special like it wasn't just like oh I'm gonna wrap my arms around you it was like I put my face into your shoulder like it was a it was a 
I need you hug. Yeah, it was so beautiful, especially because you get that initial reaction that expected Wednesday reaction. Like, why are you touching me? Yes. <laughs> then you realize you you see that relief on her face. Uh, it was so beautiful and touching. It was. We do have cliffhangers in the series, not just the Laurel, what happened to Laurel, but also Wednesday received some stalkerish texts on a new phone that Xavier gave her. And Tyler, she just got the phone. She just got the phone. It wasn't even a cool five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And Tyler seemingly monsters out and possibly escapes police custody so delora final thoughts for season one and then give me any predictions for season two season one was so good yeah so good like we talked about our love for the adams family especially from the 90s but i'm such a huge fan of tim burton's right like same favorite director edward scissorhands I mean, even freaking Sweeney Todd, anything with him and Johnny Depp, really, really. The only <laughs> miss they've ever had for me was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I hated it. Oh, but I that Michael loved, Jackson face. It was so disturbing. <laughs> and Gene Wilder, I guess he was so whimsical in his performance originally yes. that I just, no. Perfection, yeah. for sure. They, Johnny Woo! Depp was a creep. You think Timothy is up for it? We'll see. We'll see. So I just love how he's able to produce and make these like movies and TV shows. And there's such a fun Gothic ride in terms of predictions. Okay. So we got a chance to explore this love triangle in season one. And when both guys ultimately ended up hurt before like all the big reveals, I'm like, what do you expect from a girl who gives you nothing? Wednesday <laughs> has given them nothing besides them thinking she's cute and interesting and fascinating, but she never told them, you know what I mean? Like she even told Tyler, you're making a mistake. Liking me, you're making a mistake. What are you doing? So I'm not a good they, friend, let alone girlfriend. When they became wounded puppies, I'm like, this is self-inflicted at this point, right? Basically. But I want to see Wednesday develop some type of relationship with someone. I would love to see that. It may be too wanna... soon for me. Maybe a little too soon. You think so? She's I 16. think I need, I know I think it's not her age. I think I need to see her develop relationships as a whole before we dive into love. Like friendships. Yeah. Let's start slow. <laughs> let's start slow. <laughs> interested to see the bianca side of things because you know that storyline is still wide open yeah love to see um enid in her new life as a full werewolf really random but you know the internet is a fascinating place and in you know some of the wednesday research and things like that there's a whole tribe of people who are obsessed with Yoko's character she was I can the see vampire mm-hmm. chic okay very, like very every like they were like I need more of her I'm like she was like peak it girl for sure in terms of like her look her attitude so I'm like I, I see you internet overall it was a fun ride some of the things that I also thought was really fun in like some of the behind the scenes situation was how 
Tim Burton is very particular. And Jenny Ortega was talking about how he literally cut her bangs and sprayed it the way he wanted it because they kept going back and forth, you know, hair and makeup, trying to get the director's approval. Like he was that hands-on on Wednesday's bangs. And I thought that was hilarious. Love and the it. fact that she doesn't blink. Like if you ever watch the series again, she does not blink and that's intentional. Mm-hmm. She's a star, baby. What about you, Ashley? I'm obsessed with this series, man. I just don't know any other way to say it. I loved it so much. I'm so glad we got to go into Wednesday's story. My predictions for season two, though, I think that Pugsley's going to come to the school. Um, now that she's been there for a little bit, I think Pugsley's going to eventually come. And I think now that the principal position is open, I wonder if they're going to incorporate some other Adams family member into the dynamic with the faculty, like whether somebody comes on board as a teacher, as the new principal, somebody in the Adams family arsenal. I'm just curious about just so that we can keep up with keeping them center focused in the series as a whole. But I also think there will be more delving into some of our side characters and folklore because we didn't get to see a lot of the powers and significance of a lot of those supernatural abilities that they all possess so i think there's a lot more to unlock with that we didn't see a single vampire attack we saw one werewolf attack we saw barely a little bit of the cyrus doing their thing ajax stoned himself himself so and i didn't see how he got out of that i want to know how that we got i thought it was over for him we got to see these kids (laughs) unleash this magic you know so i have to say I loved Uncle Fester. I love, I thought that was just pitch perfect when he showed up. Fred Armisen played the role to perfection. Yes. For sure. So that's, that's it. That's all. I think whatever they do with season two is going to be exciting. I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for it. So hopefully they don't take too long. Let's get this season to produce and let's get it out. So here's the deal. Don't take too long, but do it right, right? Yeah, they're going to do it right. (laughs) Tim Burton is not going to let them do it wrong, but just don't make me wait. Like one of my hidden gems, I'm going to talk about Jenny and Georgia that feels like I waited 50, 11 years to get a season two. Okay. Speaking of hidden gems, Laura, what you got for this weekend for the good people? Yes, Ashley, I have two this week. Since we are talking about teenagers and high school and clicks this movie available on hulu darby and the dead rated pg-13 it's an hour and 40 minutes long it follows a young girl after suffering a near-death experience as a young girl darby harper gains the ability to see dead people she becomes introverted and recluse from her peers but all that changes when capri's unexpectedly dies in a freak accident this movie came out december 2nd it stars a beautiful black girl named i believe her name is rael downs it has the young lady from moana and chosen jacobs who is in our our sneakerella recap so check that out it's I love this movie so much because it's everything that I love it's like that transformational moment 
it's centering a black girl who goes to a school called the Frederick Douglass High School. But we're also in that sunny California, you know, rich kid school like a la kissing booth you know how like oh my goodness we're in high school but uh, we live in beachside houses <laughs> it was giving all of those vibes and Optimus. it was so cute it was so cute it was i literally cackled and then of course we have the supernatural element which i thought was worth bringing up since we just recapped wednesday all right my second hidden gem is not quite hidden because this is award season bait. It is called The Menu. Came out again 2022, rated R. It is considered a horror slash thriller. Hmm. It stars Anya Taylor Joy, Ralph um, Finnis, or what people like to call Voldemort. <laughs> it's a star studded cast. And it's very pretentious. It's interesting because they talk about it's it's a conversation on the culinary arts and how far people are willing to go to be the best. I do not love this movie the way I love Darby and the Dead, but it was a fascinating watch. It was well acted. It was um, beautifully shot, beautiful location. And the story itself was very stressful. (laughs) Once I I saw it look like a dinner party gone wrong, I was like, yeah, this probably ain't going to be the one for me. But (laughs) yeah, it's intense. It's available on HBO Max. And like I said, it's definitely Oscar bait. So check it out. Ashley, what's your hidden gems? All right, I have three. I already mentioned my first one, which not hidden because it's number one on Netflix right now. And that's Jenny and Georgia season two. My God, you guys understand how long it feels like I waited for a season two. We recapped season one. and It is one of our most popular recaps. Sleeper hit, really, because we had no idea. Because that show was all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) But when I tell y'all that season two made me cry... I cried. Good. I haven't I watched cried, yet. guys. And I was wrong in my guess on the finale. So it kept me hooked throughout all of the episodes this time. Ooh. Still a lot going on. Still a lot going on in the dynamic with Jenny and Georgia, as well as all the shenanigans that Georgia has found herself in over the years. But you definitely dig a little bit deeper into the relationships and into the traumas and into all of that. So highly recommend checking out season two of Jenny and Georgia. We'll probably end up putting that on the recap list as well. Second Hidden Gem, Blood and Water, season three. This was one I think I've talked about before, but man, season yes. two lost me a little bit. Like I stopped okay. being excited. Season three renewed my interest. Oh, did it? Season three has redeemed this show for me. When I tell y'all, it has gotten really real on the drama and I am hooked again. Okay. It did work my nerves though. Work my nerves so bad. I had to take a couple breaks. Oh, but it was so good. So definitely stick with it. If you stopped at season two, like I did a little bit, finish it out and get on to season three because it's worthwhile. That's on Netflix as well. My final one, the Lord talked about it a little bit in our 
headlines and hot topics episode last week but man the best man final chapters from paramount plus i had forgotten to put this on my list last week because me and my family watched this shout out to my uncle as the real mvp on the assist watched this over the holidays and we binged it in one afternoon even amongst the family, we debated about things within the series. The only drawback I have with it was the pacing. I feel like there were some issues that were brushed over. Others lingered a little bit too long. But overall, getting back into the world of these characters that we and these stories that we've gotten to see over the two films was really enjoyable. Love this cast, obviously. And I'm actually hoping that this isn't the final final chapter because i feel like oh, there's no. a i feel let like there's a third people, act that we the fans people live their lives i feel like there's a third act that we could we could pull out i really do so if only just me if only just for me so i'll leave it there that's on our recap list as well guys so we'll be getting probably into that one too but that's it for this week. Thank you so much for sticking with us on this recap of Wednesday. It's been so enjoyable. We hope you guys love the series as much as we did. And, yes. you know, we'll be back as usual with all the, the tea out here in these pop culture streets. <laughs> in the meantime, live your best lives, guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.